and welcome to Beyond the Capital from Supertech. I'm Hilary, we're back, it's 2023, and this series we're going to be exploring how to deal with adversity. I'm going to be talking to entrepreneurs, business leaders about how they've overcome major challenges. Some of them are financial, personal, sometimes about investment, securing funding, launching during a small thing like a pandemic. I'm going to find out how they made it through the ups, the downs, building thriving businesses ultimately and doing it from the regions because this is beyond the capital. It's a podcast series about the professional services tech scene and building those businesses outside of London. I'm Hilary Smith-Allen. In this episode, I spoke to Kufa Matia, CEO and founder of Future Match, a tech talent platform that matches young people with job opportunities. Thanks for joining me today. Could you introduce yourself and your business, please? Yeah, sure. I'm Kufa Matia. I'm the founder and CEO of Future Match. Um, we are a end-to-end lifecycle uh, management platform that focuses on helping organizations hire early careers talent into their companies um, in a much more fairer, cost-effective way. So we work with large organizations, small organizations, apprenticeship graduate, kind of post-18-month graduate roles. Um, but yeah, that's our area of expertise. Our, our platform uses machine learning and data analysis. Um, but most important is about having a team of people who know everything that needs to be known about how do you attract early career talent for companies. How did you end up doing that? Oh, wow, okay. <laughs> so, you know, recruitment is in my blood. Yeah, I've, I've done okay. recruitment all my life. Um, but what was really fascinating is towards the end of my professional recruitment career, if I call it that, I was doing executive search for Hayes. And I enjoyed it. I was talking to a lot of senior individuals and they were coming to me requesting that I give advice and guidance to their, you know, their children, their, their nieces, their nephews, et cetera. And I kind of thought, wow, what's happening in this space? So I commissioned a bit of research into the market, found that there was this big gap and disconnect between what's happening in schools, regardless of what school you go to um, and what business and careers look like. So then it really connected with me because it took me back to my story. So I was born in, in Chatham in Kent, but I moved to Zimbabwe when I was five. Um, and when I came back to England, I was 16 because um, I, I wasn't really a big fan of school. And my mom said, you know, go back to the UK. You know, you got, you got family, take a year out. Um, 46 now, still on that year out, by the way. <laughs> um, and so you just took me back to the, my, in the day I went to get my national insurance number. And they said to me, oh, what do you love doing? And I went, oh, I love cooking. And then before I know it, I'm enrolled at the Birmingham College of Food. And I'm like, oh, okay, but I, I love cooking, by the way, and I'm a qualified chef. But, but it wasn't I, the career plan. No, it wasn't. So so that's, that's, so that's where this passion kind of came from, where I suddenly thought, you know, as I started to get into this, it started giving me a flashback into how I felt at 16. And I thought, well, this is a chance to change how, you know, opportunities for the next generation of 16-year-olds plus. The fact that I'd worked with organizations at a senior level, so understood their challenges that they faced and thought, hey, let's see if we can do something quite exciting and connect these crucial dots. And that's the evolution of Future Match today. So are you a techie? I'm not. I'm not. I've I, 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 all the tech and yeah, the data yeah, analytics. Know, yeah, but, and I, the... yeah, I've, I, you know what? I've, I've, I've kind of looked at the hiring process and kind of gone, well, we know that data is a big thing. So how do we help organizations make a better decision ut- utilizing data? And I, and I probably did that when I was in my own recruiting days where, you know, you look at the numbers and you look at all that type of stuff. So I thought there's got to be a way to do this. And then I've got a really smart data scientists who then started to talk to me about, you know, if you thought about machine learning and how we can use that to create different features on our platform and how we can use as part of the hiring process, how we do predictive modeling and, you know, how we can help companies you know, look at the skills that are needed 
in two years' time. And I'm like, that's what I want. You know, how do we make that happen? So yeah, it, the, the kind of interest came from that, you know, and I love tech. I think it's really exciting and I think it's, it's changed the world that we live in today. Um, I think there's advantages and there's, of course, disadvantages, but I'm not, I don't sit here to proclaim to be a software engineer by background, unfortunately. I'm a recruiter by heart uh, and entrepreneur by nature. There we are. <laughs> Very good. And so you've got a techie alongside you, the recruitment expertise, yeah. all those ingredients go in and the magic happens and it's all easy? That's what exactly what it is. Because when we're talking to companies, so when we're working with organizations, they say, how can we attract and engage uh, with a, a diverse talent pool? And because one of our drivers, you know, we don't come from this space that says, you know, we're focusing on one diverse group. What we're saying is about how do we give everybody access to the opportunity so companies have that chance to kind of say, oh, listen, we've got the best of the candidates that we want. Yeah, so we've got our recruiting marketing team who are really good at how do we build attraction strategies for organizations? How do we engage with the different groups that we're talking to and make sure that we're matching their kind of language and understanding of opportunities? But we also use data, funny enough, and we track who's come onto the sites and then all the way through the hiring process, right? So you may automate it, we can run it through different things, but there still comes a point where I have to sit in front of the candidates and inspire them and they have to inspire us and connect that dot. So, so yeah, the human it's, it's bit a combination. Still there. The human bit is still there. I've always said, you know, what we're trying to do here is, is a solution that brings together three parts, the expertise being the human part, the technology around how we can use AI and machine learning and data science, and then the platform being the vehicle that allows us to pull those two things together. And how's the journey gone then? Yeah, to this point, because it all sounds, you know, <laughs> simple, right? Oh, yeah, it's straightforward, yeah, right? Boom. Yeah, boom. Yeah, absolutely. Woke up one morning, came up with the idea of future yeah, magic. Yeah, had some techies. That, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and it went, yeah, it went, no, no, not at all. Not at all. It, it, you know, it's a bit like when we talk about careers, right? it, this has not been a straight line, right? If, if I drew on a piece of paper, it'll be all different squiggles and all that type of stuff. So, as I said, I started off in, in recruitment. Um, I'm a second time founder. Oh, really? Um, yeah. So I had that chance of, you know, I built, uh, we built my first uh, careers tech startup. Um, spent five years working really hard, obsessed with, you know, making a success of it. Had a team of about 45 people. We'd raised over five, six rounds, about a million and a half towards the end. And yeah, you know, it sounded that uh, we had all this Sounds stuff. all good. Sounds so. all good, right? But, you know, the, the reality was that, you know, we were making money because our product, we would had what we call a career hub. So we, we basically were going into schools initially and basically delivering a career solution in, in schools. Unfortunately, at the time, you know, the model meant that, you know, you would be able to get a 30 grand contract, but it cost you 20 and a half to deliver. But we, you know, we had critical mass. Um, at the same time, I think the journey in terms of where tech now is in terms of investors, in terms of what we now know around um, being able to build platforms isn't where it was in so we're going back, what, this has been 2011, 2012. It's not where it is right now. Um, so yeah, we kind of had all these great numbers. I always say to anyone, if, if I could have just taken the numbers we had there and kind of expanded now, I'd probably, we'd probably be doing a, a 30, 40 million pound series A round yeah. <laughs> with those numbers. But, you know, it wasn't the time. And we had two really fantastic uh, angel investors. But unfortunately, they kind of said, look, we've reached our peak. I didn't know where else to go from there. So yeah, unfortunately, after five years, we kind of had to, hive off all those projects, move the team into those projects. And they're still running now, right? So the schools are still delivering them in some form or the other. 
But yeah, so you know, you, then you go away and you lick your wounds and you come back. Yeah, how do you, you pick yourself back up again? And like, what made you want to go again? Then? <laughs> I had bills to pay, right? <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, no, but it, people can it, go it, and get a job. Yeah, yeah exactly. But you, you know, it, 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 that was actually a fascinating part of it all because you know, I remember the day we had to do the whole really painful side of you know telling the team and 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 you know going through that emotion of it all. And I took must have been a, you know a good week of just feeling extremely sorry for myself, you know, and just kind of going, what did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? But then I took an idea that, look, you know what? You actually got to pick yourself up. So um, I started doing a part-time MBA at Coventry. And then I had a chance to go in, back into the space with a friend of mine who was a senior in a senior role in an apprenticeship provider. So he kind of kept me back in that space. And I took that as an opportunity to learn because they were venture-backed. So he gave me a chance to kind of see how ventures-backed businesses really scale because I mm-hmm. hadn't really got that experience. So I did my own apprenticeship, as I say. But yeah, An but entrepreneurial the, apprenticeship. Yeah, it was, <laughs> indeed, indeed. Um, but what, what it was that you can't, you know, that itch will always be there. So I, I found myself always thinking about new opportunities, want to do different. And I kept on being drawn back into that space because obviously we were working with companies to help them maximize their apprenticeship levy and really utilize that to upskill the existing workforce and recruit new apprentices into the business. So I was connected to it, you know, e- either way, um, and I could see where the challenges were. So I kind of thought, right, okay, we'll go again. Much to my family's, I was going to ask about the family in the in the background. Yeah, yeah, they're all right. My mom still thinks I'm crazy, right? And, <laughs> and I said to them, I said to them, unfortunately, I think I'm unemployable. And they're like, what do you mean? I said, because every time I sit somewhere, I can't help my mind thinking, I can do this better. Can't turn it off. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, so, you know, we ended up here. Again, <laughs> on this crazy, you know, I think it's the and, best And yet one. you chose to go again, setting up in a pandemic. Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know. So, the, you know, we, so this was literally, we registered the company on the 27th of Feb, 2020. Um, oh, that's really yes, close. exactly, exactly. So, we, you know, when we had um, a potential, a couple of investors lined up. And we thought, this is it, right? I, th- I literally thought, right, you know, we know what we're doing. We've got a couple of clients as well who are really interested. And boom. Three weeks later, took a call and you know they're like, "Listen, I'm not even sure what's happening," and I'm going, "I'm not really sure what's happening either." And we 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 had that conversation. They went, "Yeah, I think it's only be a couple of weeks, right?" So we'll, we'll, let's reconnect. Like events, the... we'll just we'll just you know give it a couple of months. We'll, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll just we'll, shift we'll, our events. Yeah, 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 move yeah. our events again and again. Yeah, and... yeah, yeah. And they were like, "Okay," and then you know now you're looking inward now because you're thinking, "Okay, what does that look like?" However, on the flip side, it was a blessing in disguise because it gave us a chance to really kind of look at our value proposition. Okay, what are we looking to go into the marketplace with and you know, what we're trying to build? So we went from potentially focusing on working with companies around how they just build a part of their team. So it could be their tech team, it could be their sales team or marketing team. And how do we help them bolster that with, with early careers talent to actually how do we help organizations understand their hiring processes better? But it really helped because we, by the end of that process, um, towards the end of the year of 2020, you know, we kind of had an idea of what we were going to be as a business. And I joined an accelerator called Raise Ventures. Um, and they were really helpful because that gave us kind of three months of validating what we were doing. So it gave you some runway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was, there was a peace and calm, if that makes sense, of, you know, because you're not having to be out there meeting customers oh, and organizations. Yes, I see, because it's, yeah. the world has stopped. Yeah. So know, that's where the uniqueness of the situation was the blessing. Exactly, exactly. So you had the time to really think about what you're building and and, and develop your MVP. And also just to take a, a bit of stock of the market, right? Because everywhere we were hearing was, oh, there's going to be huge job losses and it's going to be impacting the space that we were looking at. And yet I'm sitting there and we're still having conversations, even in those 
dire, dark moments. We're, we're talking to key decision makers. And the one thing they're saying is, yeah, I, I've, I've just got to find a way to hold on to my talent. You know, these roles might be different, but they're going to be the same. But what I can't do right now is commit to say, we're going to spend X, Y, Z. But what we're doing right now is trying to hold on to what we have. And I, that made me feel really confident that actually, you know, beside of the noise and everything happening, there's the reality that some really positive things. Sounds like happening. a type two blessing though. Like, you know, yeah. Sort of in retrospect, at, you know, yeah. looking yeah. back. <laughs> it is, it is that, having, but... uh, having gone through it, yeah, it makes lots of sense. Yeah. I bet it was a bit more... Oh yeah, well, oh, listen, the- <laughs> this, this is, I mean, this is a sleepless night, right? I've got the training for five years of, of scaling my first startup. So I knew what I was going through, but you're absolutely right. You know, it, it, it's always amazing. I call it, it's like you have this way of forgetting what, it was at that time. Oh, it's like childbirth. Back, yeah. Oh, there you go. I, did, I didn't want to say anything because my other half would go, hey, what do you know about that, right? <laughs> and then we get a whole different argument. So, yeah. So, um, you know, you, you don't forget. You just, you learn a lot more from it. But you also have a, a, you know, for me, the previous experience really helped to sort of go, listen, and this shall pass too, as I keep on telling myself. So every time something is really, really hard, I always go, and this shall pass too. And that's my crazy mantra that I tell myself as I kind of work it through and, and try to be in control of, you know, care about the things I can control. Um, you know, I couldn't really control every time Boris and, and the medical team came on, 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 on BBC TV. and TV and told us that, you know, the chart's going here. I can't control that. What I can control is what's really happening right now. And you could gradually see, you know. And thinking about the things you control, you, you've talked before about being a founder from, an, you know, a minority and an underrepresented group of Within an entrepreneurial setting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is, this is the same thing. You know, I think, you know, when you when you look at, you know, I know there's a lot of noise around, oh, how, what percentage of us get funded and, and how many of us are starting businesses and stuff like that. There's challenges in that, right? Because I remember saying to my mom, this is, I'm, I'm a tech entrepreneur, but I needed to say something. And she kind of said, I, I don't really understand what that is. That's, that's not a proper job yet, is it? You know, but I support you, which is the most important word. I support well, you, but yeah, I support <laughs> you, but I don't really understand it. And then you have family go, yeah, but you know, uh, you know, uncle here was, who built that. And they go, yeah. So well, that's the same type of thing. And they're going, yeah, but you know, he was a mechanic or he, you know, he had four shops and, and so you, you go back to that, uh, you've got something tangible. tangibility of yeah, it. Yeah, you know, that's what it is. I'm talking about, you know, we're building a tech platform and we're going to be using, and they're like, um, no, it sounds really the good glass though. glass eyes. And yeah, the- <laughs> yeah, 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 it sounds really good. And then I think, and then the same thing happens, you know, you know when you go into that, you know, that funding journey, you know, of course, you know, you're not meeting and talking to investors who, who kind of look like you or sound like you. That's been the story of my career from day one. So I, I don't really go into a meeting and go, oh, that person doesn't sound like me or look like me, so therefore we're not going to, Connect, you know, my view is I'm, I think I've got a really exciting business. My job is to show you how exciting this is and make you want to invest in what we're doing. So, yeah, but it has its challenges, right? Because, you know, there's a lot of noise around it. And sometimes you don't want to be the one to say, yes, there's noise, but let's talk about the positives and, and how that kind of Do you feel a together. sense of responsibility then in that Yeah, context? I do. I do, actually. Um, but what's really fascinating, I was part of, we were part of the Barclays um, Black Founders Accelerator, and we had a workshop with the VP for supply chain and his role is to help Barclays access a much more diverse supply chain. And we had this fireside chat um, and he had a, it was a really good, how can I put it, piece of advice around how to be examples of what we're doing, how we try to build sustainable businesses and, and everything else. Like walk that. the walk. Walk the walk and, and be, be happy and be proud to talk about it and share it. Um, and I've always taken that now as inspiration. So yeah, the, the sense of responsibilities come from 
I would do my best to build the business that everyone can look back up and go, right, that's the way we want to do it. And where I can, I absolutely open up as many doors in my contact book and people that I know, and I'm getting involved with mentoring fellow black founders around their business and ideas and how to scale it and everything else. So that's my kind of, well, my responsibility is how can I give back in essence? um, So I can support that. Thank you for sharing your story. If you hope for one thing for 2023 for Future Match... What's in the pipeline? What's in the pipeline? We've got a new website launching, so my marketing team will be telling me to mention that. And we've got our first major customer coming on board, so we're really, really excited about that. And hopefully we'll be launching the full product range um, at at the end of this year. So yeah, we're scaling and we're... All to play for. All to play for. And yeah, we're looking forward to 2023 and team growth and everything else that comes with it. Thank you for talking with me today. Thank Thank you for having me. Thank you. That was Kufa Matia. CEO and founder of FutureMatch. Thanks for listening. This has been Beyond the Capital from Supertech. I'm Hilary Smith-Allen. Please follow us on Apple, Spotify, or whichever is your favourite podcast app. And if you've enjoyed listening, tell your friends and family and give us a rating to help others find the podcast.